Welcome back to another episode of Chappy Chats. This week I want to talk to you about some thoughts I had that occurred during the sermon. And as I begin this, I know I'm taking a risk that some people will misunderstand what I'm saying and think I'm applauding or saying something was right or good. And I want you to understand that I'm not saying that. But he talked about a hopeful heart, and hope is a powerful thing. Whether you're talking about Viktor Frankl when he was in the concentration camp, or when you talk about those that were imprisoned in during the War of Vietnam in the POW camps, or at any other time. Hope is a powerful thing, and that's what I want to talk about. But one of the illustrations I'm going to use, some people may say that I'm saying that that was okay, and that's not what I'm saying okay. It's not okay. It never was. But what I want to talk about is hope and a difference between how people are today and how people were in the past. I think for many people today, either because of their economic status, their ethnic or cultural status, or as some people still like to use, racial status, because after all, you know how I feel. We're all one race. We're just different ethnicities and cultures. And certainly certain ethnicities and cultures have had more challenges than others and have been put down and mistreated by others all over the world and in America where I live. But nonetheless, I believe that we have learned hopelessness. We've learned to believe statistics and media reports and government statistics that tell us that if we're in a certain group or a certain age or a certain location in the country, there are just things we cannot accomplish. And so we give up hope. And one of the stories that was used was about a test of hope versus hopelessness. And the test was done with dogs. Now, I know some PETA people would be upset because these dogs they consider were harmed. And I'm not saying that exercise or experiment was a good way to find this out, but it's what they did. And it works for the point that the preacher was trying to make and the point that I'm trying to make in having hope versus hopelessness. They took some dogs and they put them in cages and they had a button that they could push and they would get a shock. And they found out when they pushed that button, the shock would stop. Now, in the other dogs, there was no button. There was no way they could get relief. And even after the shock was turned off, the dogs just laid down and did nothing. They had given up. It was hopeless. The shock didn't even have to be there anymore. So then they took all the dogs and they put them together and they put them in a pen. And in one side, it would slightly vibrate like a little shock. And there was a short barrier and all the dogs had to do is step over that short barrier, and they could have relief. It wouldn't be that slight shake anymore. Well, the dogs that had been in the pens that had the buttons and could get rid of the shock, they stepped over the barrier, and they got out of the distress. And yet the other dogs just laid down, because to them there was no hope. Though there was a short barrier, and they could have just stepped over it, there was no hope because they had learned hopelessness. Another story I thought of that they didn't bring up was the story of the man beside the pool of Bethsaida. And I may be totally wrong in how I read this story, but in the description it is given there when Jesus shows up and he asks the man, did he want to be healed? I think Jesus asked him that question for a reason because 
Virul was the first one in the water that stirred the water by touching it first. When the angel stirred it, would receive healing. And I get the picture that this man was laying right close to the edge. And if he had just let his arm flop, it would have touched the water before anybody else could have put someone in the water, and he would have been first. Thus, why I believe Jesus asked him, do you want to be healed? Because his answer was, I have nobody to put me in the pool. He was relying, he became hopeless because there was nobody around him to put him in the pool, and all he had to do, much like the dog stepping over the barrier, was to just let his hand hit the water because he was right at the edge. Now, I could be wrong in that, but that's the impression I get from that story, that he's right there at the edge. And then one of the greatest examples I see of people that had a hope, and their hope was taken away, and their future was taken away, in a horrific event known as the 1921 race riot in Tulsa, Oklahoma. But I don't want to focus on that. There are plenty of people looking at that. And as I said in the beginning, I do not think it was right. It was horrible. It was despicable. It should have never happened. But that's not the part of the story I want to look at. I want to look at what happened before that area was destroyed by this riot. And when you look at it, you look at a group of people who had nothing really. They did not have many rights given to them that the rest of the citizens of that particular state, Oklahoma, city particular Tulsa, in the United States, they just didn't have the rights that other people had, especially when it came to where they could eat, where they could sit, where they could sleep in a hotel. They didn't have any of those rights. And yet, they built a very prosperous community, and they grew prosperous in their persons. Many of them did. Now, I don't know how many of them did, but we know a lot of them did. It was a prosperous area, and they did well financially. Many of them did up until 1921. So what I want to look at with this story is we've looked at the man that could just flop his hand in the water, and we've looked at the dogs that just wouldn't step over, these people were like Admiral Stockdale, who, though he was in a prisoner of war camp, he didn't give them the satisfaction of getting cleaned up and so they could present him on TV. He would hit himself and cut himself so they couldn't put him on TV. And they asked him how he made it through, and the way he made it through was he said he never lost hope in the end of the story. This was not the end of his story. And so he kept going. And I believe those people who were there in that part of Tulsa, known as the Greenwood District, without all those opportunities, without many of the rights that was given to other people, they never lost hope, and they didn't believe that was the end of their story, and they began to make progress because they had hope. But ever since 1921... That area has languished, and I believe it's because of the horrificness of the event. But I also believe it is because for many generations past that, a group of people have been told that they would amount to nothing. They could do nothing. They would be allowed to do nothing. And much like those animals, those dogs getting the shock, finally decided 
there was nothing they could do, and they lost hope, and they laid down. And I think that's terrible for anybody to lose hope and not be able to move forward. And so I want you, wherever you are today, whatever's happened in your life, I want you to realize that there's still a story to be written. The story that has been written so far does not have to remain your story. Just like those dogs could step over the barrier, I am sure there are barriers in your life. Maybe it's your own self-talk in your head. Maybe it's a lack of education. It could be a lot of things. But the first thing you have to do is pick a barrier and step over it. Be like Admiral Stockdale and believe that this is not the end of the story. In fact, this is just the middle part or maybe the beginning of your story. But it's not the end. Folks, never give up hope. As you know, I've told you I've worked in hospice. And I always tell people that God can always turn things around. And don't you ever give up on your loved one and just say, Hup, they're going to die. Never do that. Always live with them, believe with them, hope with them, live with them in the idea that they're going to overcome this. And then if they don't, you will find that you have put every bit of life into the life they had left, and there will be no regrets. So I want you to think about that. And then, because I am a chaplain and a preacher, and I am a Christian, for those of you that may listen to this and you're not a Christian, the greatest hope in the world is the hope of eternal life. I hope you'll investigate that. I'd even invite you to do what I did, study all the religions, and see what each of the religious leaders said. And then come back and look at Christianity. As I've told you, I'm a Christian because Jesus is the only religious leader that said, I will die and come back to life and did. And he is the only religious leader that said, if you do this, you will inherit eternal life. All the others said you might, it's a possibility, you could, and none of them died and came back to life. They're all dead and remain so. Blessing, protection, and favor as you go through the next week.